0: I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Hockey on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's trade deadline episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. So with the National Hockey League trade deadline upon us, uh, I'm going to look at the deals that happen over the weekend, basically to get us ready for this this Monday deadline. Uh, and then then I will have uh, a show after the, uh, the deadline has passed and we can kind of uh, look back and see kind of verdicts and and what kind of real changes uh, have been made. But let's let's start uh, with the deals that got going over the weekend and uh, the lightning uh, acquired defenseman David Savard and uh, technically uh, defenseman Brian Lashoff uh, from the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Savard coming from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, we'll we'll get into the details of that. But Savard, 30 year old right shot defenseman, he's effective as a shot suppressor. Uh, though he's kind of become one-dimensional in recent seasons. Even as recently as 2018-2019, he can contribute a little bit uh, offensively. But the past two seasons, he has a total of 17 points uh, with one goal in 108 games. Uh, And this season, uh, he's been on the ice for uh, 26.8% goals for percentage, which is the worst uh, among defensemen that have played at least 400 five-on-five minutes. Now, he also has a 937 PDO, which is the worst among defensemen to play that much. Uh, so he's due for uh, some better percentages. Uh, and it's worth noting, uh, his ex- at the same time, though, that his expected goals for percentage uh, this season is 44.9%. It's worst among uh, Columbus defensemen. Now, it's also because he's asked to do more in the defensive zone, uh, more defensive zone starts, tougher matchups. Uh, and so some of that is related to circumstances. But it's not, it's not like... Uh, the percentages are the only thing dragging down David Savard's uh, results this season. So the good news is he joins a strong Tampa Bay team that should allow him uh, to focus on that defensive aspect. Uh, and they're probably strong enough that they're not going to be terribly concerned about uh, Savard's recent uh, offensive shortcomings. So uh, this is basically the, the Lightning appear to be uh, be getting somebody who kind of fits a specific need for them. Now Lashoff is a 30-year-old defenseman. He's played 136 NHL games, but at this point, he's really just an AHL uh, defenseman, and he isn't even leaving uh, Grand Rapids. Uh, so he, he's included in this deal merely as uh, a cash savings uh, for the Red Wings, though I suppose theoretically uh, he would also be available to the Lightning if they need uh, defensive depth at some point. Uh, now, Columbus, uh, for their part in the deal, they get a first round pick and a third round pick. Uh, the third round pick comes in 2022. Uh, and now, it may be a late first rounder, but that's still pretty good value for David Savard, uh, an unrestricted free agent who it didn't make much sense for the Blue Jackets to sign. Uh, and, you know, a late first round pick like that might have about a 50% chance uh, of becoming an NHL player. Now, the late third round pick, that's eh, closer to 25%. But... Really, given the situation for the for the Blue Jackets, they pretty much had to to move Savard, and getting a first round pick and a third round pick in the deal is is good value. Uh, now, who steps into Savard's role on the blue line? I think uh, Dean Kukan and, and Miko Lettinen uh, could possibly see bigger roles uh, on that blue line, but also Andrew Peak. Uh, maybe the the Blue Jackets would will be willing to give him kind of regular playing time because he's. Uh, you know, a young guy who has shown some promise uh, there, but uh, if, they, if they really wanted to kind of test him and see if he's ready to, to handle a bigger role next season, uh, you could play him down the stretch this season when the games uh, won't mean quite so much. Uh, now, the, the Red Wings, for their uh, involvement here, get a fourth-round pick. A fourth-round pick is maybe a one-in-six chance of becoming an NHL player, uh, but the Red Wings are getting it just merely for facilitating the trade. They have the cap space, could retain half of Savard's salary, uh, and they make the deal work, uh, by also getting the Lightning to pay lash off salary, uh, you know, by keeping him in the American Hockey League. And, and so it really hasn't cost the the Red Wings much of anything other than, uh, cap space. And, and that's, you know, not a big deal. So they get a fourth round pick for that, uh, pretty savvy move, uh, by Stevie Y and the Red Wings. Now the Lightning, they're a contender with or without David Savard, uh, but it's also not a bad bet, uh, to think that uh, they'll be able to handle his limitations and and he can thrive uh, in that role. And Columbus, they made out well too. Uh, They got a first-round pick for a defenseman who is okay, uh, but given their circumstances, it wouldn't have made any sense to sign him to a long-term deal. Uh, And the Red Wings, you know, buying a fourth-round pick for minimal cost, that's smart business too. All right, another deal uh, from the weekend is the Florida Panthers uh, trading for Brandon Montour uh, from the Buffalo Sabres. Sending a third-round pick to Buffalo. Montour is 27-year-old who showed some promise early in his career with Anaheim, but things have kind of gone sideways in Buffalo. Uh, He struggled last season, uh, but he was kind of propped up by high-on-ice percentages. So he ended up out. They ended up outscoring the opposition with Montour on the ice, uh, but he had a PDO of 103.3, which is uh, not not something you can expect to happen every year. Uh, And so, the one thing that I would be wary of, and and I think lots of people are are quick to say that. The Panthers are getting one of the worst defensemen in the league because Montour's overall results have not been great uh, in recent seasons. But I think it it becomes pretty easy to bury uh, defensemen uh, that are on terrible teams because the team results are just so bad uh, that you, you can look at all those players and, and decide that you know that they're hopeless and and will never be good again in the league and, and I think if we're talking Buffalo think to think back to Tyler Myers and this isn't to suggest that Tyler Myers is good uh, because he's obviously uh, ha- had his issues in Vancouver since uh, but When he went from Buffalo to Winnipeg, at the time in Buffalo, Tyler Myers was getting the same. Well, he's the worst defenseman in the league, and he's absolutely terrible. Well, he ended up playing top four minutes in Winnipeg. And whether you 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 think he deserved the top four minutes in Winnipeg or not, uh, whether the results could be better or not, it's still uh, it's still possible uh, that that a player can rehab their uh, their situation if they're coming from somewhere as bad uh, as the Buffalo Sabers have been uh, for the last while. So. I, I just, I'm wary about uh, kind of writing off Montour entirely. Uh, I, now, you know, te- theoretically, I guess he's he's being brought in as, as a replacement for Aaron Ekblad. Uh, the, the Panthers do at least need uh, a right-handed defenseman who can, you know, maybe play some some big minutes. Uh, I don't know that they necessarily need Montour to play those minutes, uh, but he can skate and handle the puck. And uh, if, if they do find that his decision-making and defensive play isn't kind of what they need, then they can kind of keep him down uh, further in the lineup if, if need be, uh, and so you now the Sabers they're getting a late third round pick, which you know maybe is a one in four chance of of turning into an NHL player. It's not bad value, I suppose, given <laughs> given the uh, the uh, talk of Brandon Montour, the worst defenseman in the National Hockey League, or in the worst five defensemen in the National Hockey League. Um, but really, there's not a huge winner in the deal. The Panthers had to make the deal under some duress, uh, having lost Ekblad to a broken leg. Uh, and they needed some reinforcements on the blue line. Uh, for the, the Sabres, they have to look to the future. And even though Montour is just 27, he hadn't been playing well enough to Buffalo to make, it sense, to make sense for them to commit to him long-term. So, you know, each team gets a little something, uh, but I don't think anything that uh, either team can really be terribly excited about. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche, they keep throwing darts at backup goaltenders. Uh, and they get uh, Devin Dubnik. 34-year-old uh, really struggled the past couple of seasons. And This is after he had a pretty good run uh, in the four seasons before that with Minnesota. Uh, so the Avalanche have been in a bit of a tough spot. They've had to play Philip Grubauer a lot uh, since Pavel Francouz has been out all season. And while Grubauer's played really well, he could probably use a break. Uh, if if the Avalanche have designs on a Stanley Cup run, uh, tiring out your goaltender uh, in the regular season is probably not the way to do it. Uh, and so they, they had traded for Jonas Johansson from Buffalo, uh, but Johansson, he started a total of eleven games in the National Hockey League. I'm not sure that they could trust uh, that he's the the reliable option. Now Dubnyk uh, has has played more for sure, um, but I, he also doesn't have to be great if he's in this role. If he he comes in here and is playing behind a, an Avalanche team that uh, has been as dominant as, as any team in the league over the past three or four weeks, you know maybe if he's just fine, if he gives them a 900 save percentage. Uh, in the games that he starts the rest of the way that will allow Grubauer to rest and the Avs to uh, hit the playoffs in in good shape. And if something happens in the playoffs that, you know, you need uh, somebody to start a game or two, you know, maybe Dubnik can handle that. Uh, You know, the the Colorado playoff uh, push kind of, kind of got derailed last season uh, with goaltending injuries. And so you can understand why they want to have uh, lots of depth at the position. Uh, But you know, it, the, the unfortunate part of all this, I suppose, is that uh, Dubnik and Johansson, uh, they're not as good as Fran And so, uh, somewhere along the way, basically the Avalanche still need Philip Grubauer to be healthy, uh, to lead them to a Stanley Cup. Now the Sharks, what do they get? They get defenseman Greg Patteron and a fifth round pick. Uh, and this makes sense, uh, from the Sharks perspective, you know, Dubnik wasn't playing that well for them anyway. Uh, and he was going to be an unrestricted free agent. So, uh, it, they may as well get some assets in return. At the same time, it does leave them kind of shorthanded uh, in net at the moment. They've called up uh, 23-year-old Joseph Colinar for the American Hockey League, but he's played 75 AHL games and has a 901 save percentage there. That that hardly indicates that he's ready to uh, to thrive in the National Hockey League. Uh, Patteron, he's a 30-year-old uh, big body defenseman who Colorado acquired earlier this year in, in the trade that sent Ian Cole uh, to Minnesota uh, and. He had a really strong season with Dallas in 2017, 2018, but has not been uh, as effective uh, in the past couple of seasons. And really, I think the, the inclusion of Pattern is his salary helps to offset the cost of Dubnik. Uh, that probably matters more than anything else, but uh, he does offer a, l- a little bit of organizational depth if San Jose uh, ultimately needs it. Now, the fifth round pick they're getting, maybe one in seven or one in eight chance of, of being an NHL player. Uh, that's uh, you know it's something but not a lot. Uh, and again, this is a deal that's not a huge win for either team. You know Dubnik is not some great option for the Avalanche, but he might be good enough uh, for that team. And by all rights, the Sharks should be moving their pending free agents, but they're also within four points of a playoff spot with a game in hand. So they're close enough to not just throw in the towel altogether. Uh, you know, in, if that's the case, do they maybe have a plan to add another backup goaltender? I mean, whether it's through waivers or, or, or a minor deal uh, to get something, uh, because you, you'd hate to uh, kind of ha- have a, a team that is still kind of in the playoff hunt, even if it's just on the fringe, uh, and, and then all of a sudden have to put in a goaltender who is very clearly not ready uh, for the National Hockey League. Bilk Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they have a bunch of great flavors. Uh, the Caramel Brownie Chunk just won their uh, Bilt Bar Madness Bracket uh, Challenge. Uh, my favorites are Peanut Butter Brownie and Salted Caramel, uh, but all their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Uh, they have a bunch of protein. And when, I, uh, when I've been going to an outdoor boot camp uh, to get some kind of exercise, uh, I've leaned into it by making Bilt Bar part of my post-workout routine. Because it gives my muscles the protein boost uh, they need. So uh, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's keep rolling through weekend trades, and we've got New Jersey Devils uh, looking for maybe some long-term defensive value. They get uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, a 23-year-old defenseman who had been pretty effective in a defensive role for Washington the past couple of seasons, but after all their off-season acquisitions, uh, suddenly he was kind of on the outside looking in uh, for most of this season. He's played in only seven games. Uh, Siegenthaler is well worth a look uh, for the Devils because he might have some long-term value. Uh, they have Ryan Murray and Dmitry Kulikov and Sami Vatanen all headed for unrestricted free agency, which could make them uh, trade bait here on, on deadline day. Uh, and so Siegenthaler has an opportunity to establish himself uh, as a real fixture uh, on the Devils' defense. You know, maybe he's just a third pair guy who can kill penalties, or maybe he, he could stick as part of a shutdown pairing uh, in the top four. And you know, we'll see. Uh, but it, it's a good opportunity here for the Devils to uh, give him a chance and, and see what he can do with the playing time. Uh, Siegenthaler makes $800,000 this season, which is easy to, easy to move. Uh, and he'll be a restricted free agent at season's end. Uh, and g- given how little he's played, he's probably not going to get uh, a huge uh, raise out of it. So, uh, the Capitals, uh, they get a third round pick for their trouble. Uh, the pick originally belonged to Arizona, uh, acquired as part of the Taylor Hall trade. Uh, and a pick in the middle of, uh, the third round brings with it maybe a 25 to 30% chance uh, of getting an NHL player for a defenseman that they really weren't using it's not bad um and and really though it looks like Washington is kind of doing Siegenthaler a solid uh by moving him to a team uh, where he has a better chance to play regularly you know the the price is pretty reasonable for New Jersey there are rental defensemen who are going for third round picks and Siegenthaler while he may not have huge upside is going to be under the devil's control for several more seasons so I, I think that's pr- pretty good play here by, by New Jersey and We'll we'll see whether uh, Siegenthaler's early results uh, can last uh, over a larger uh, sample of games. Now, the Montreal Canadiens also added to their blue line uh, gang defenseman John Merrill. Uh, Merrill 29-year-old left-shot defenseman uh, who's been an extra for most of his career, uh, playing more than 60 games in a season just once. Uh, but he's become a very solid defender in a depth role, and he continued that this season in Detroit. Now, for Montreal, with Victor Mete on waivers and Ben Sherrod injured, there is room for Merrill to step in uh, to the Habs lineup, and he's making $925,000. The season will be unrestricted uh, in the summer. It's a, He's a pretty easy player to move. Uh, now, the Red Wings, uh, they get left winger Hayden Verbeek and a fifth-round pick. Uh, Verbeek is a 23-year-old winger who has 10 points in 61 career AHL games. He's not exactly making his mark as a prospect. Now, his uncle is Pat Verbeek, who is an assistant GM in Detroit. Uh, so that, that may be... Uh, the defining uh, feature of that trade uh, more than anything uh the fifth round pick uh you know is maybe a one in seven or one in eight chance of becoming an NHL player uh, it's not a lot but also you know given uh, the red Wings' situation it doesn't make sense for them to just ride john merrill in, through the end of the season you may as well get something uh in return and, and it's entirely reasonable for montreal uh, as a move to improve their defensive depth uh, what is i guess somewhat incongruous is that they could not get anything in return for Victor Mete? Like if they if they shopped him around the league, they couldn't find anything. Uh, but you, you you can get a, a fifth round pick for John Merrill, uh, and I I understand that in the immediate that John Merrill does have more defensive value, uh, but Mete is twenty two years old. Like a, a team acquiring him would have him under control for uh, for years, uh, and so I, I'm. I, I don't know, confused uh, by that as much as anything. But uh, in the immediate, I understand Montreal going for John Merrill and uh, and what he can provide for them. Uh, now, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they made uh, a big move for Nick Foligno. Uh, and I guess opting for a versatile two-way game uh, from Felino. And they also picked up we uh, were Stefan Nason uh, in, the, in this three-way deal uh, with San Jose involved. Uh, so Felino is 33-year-old veteran forward, uh, he's played more on the wing, uh, usually, uh, but he but he can play some center, uh, depending on on their needs. But he's been a really sound defensive forward for most of his career, uh, and you know there have been times where he's scored a little bit. Sometimes he got power play time in Columbus, uh, but mostly his offensive contributions have been limited too. Uh, overall, though, he's still a net positive player, uh, which <laughs> may seem like I'm damning him with faint praise, you know, considering he he cost a first round pick to acquire, uh, but. Felino can move around the lineup uh, in the middle six, and, and that gives Toronto uh, several options, I guess, as they're uh, trying to get things set for the playoffs. Now, Felino's in the last year of a deal that has a $5.5 million cap hit uh, and will be you know, unrestricted free agent in the summer. Uh, but the Maple Leafs are only on the hook for a quarter of that price because they laundered the deal through the San Jose Sharks. This has been sort of the uh, the model of this year's trade deadline is that teams that have cap space can, uh, can kind of acquired draft picks uh, by helping to facilitate uh, those deals. And so, uh, in the case uh, of the the San Jose Sharks, who, who get involved in this, uh, they sent Stefan Nason uh, in this deal. And he's a quality defensive winger, but he's played just five games this season uh, and is probably being included uh, for his salary, which is $925,000, uh, more than anything else. Uh, but, you know, he's viable organizational depth. If Maple Leafs ever need a, a fourth line checking winger, uh, at some point down the stretch or in the playoffs, uh, they, they could turn to Stefan Nason. Uh, but he's, he's, as I say, he's probably more a salary, uh, than anything else in this deal. Now, so what do the Blue Jackets get? They get a first round pick and then a fourth round pick in 2022. Uh, and understandably it could have been a difficult uh, deal from an emotional perspective for the Blue Jackets. Felino was their captain, uh, has been there for a while. And, uh, but if Columbus is going to get a first round pick for him, just as they did for David Savard, you know, that makes the most long-term sense for the franchise. And, uh, you know, like that pick that the, the Blue Jackets got from Tampa Bay for Savard, uh, the pick from Toronto figures that it's going to be late in the first round. You know, maybe late enough that the odds of getting an NHLR could drop under 50%. Uh, but that depends on how the playoffs shake out. Uh, the fourth round pick... Uh, Really, uh, coming from Toronto, it just helps offset the fourth-round pick that uh, is going to San Jose in order to get the Sharks to retain half of Felino's salary. Uh, so that that's more accounting than anything else. Uh, the Blue Jackets may look like uh, they're going to be playing out the string for the rest of the season, uh, having moved Savard and Foligno. Uh, so there's an opportunity here for, for young forwards to get more reps uh, down the stretch. Uh, you know, Alexandra Texier, Liam Foody, Kevin Stenland are among the candidates maybe to get more ice time. Uh, Emil Bemstrom too, if he can get healthy, uh, and so kind of keep an eye on what happens there with Columbus. And, and it, not that I trust, not that I trust forward deployment in Columbus at all uh, under under Tortorella, uh, but any one of those younger players could get uh, a, a real boost of ice time uh, with Foligno gone. Uh, so for San Jose, they get a fourth round pick. Uh, it cost them a little bit of money, uh, but. You know, if they're retaining a quarter of Felino's cap hit and sending Nason, uh, Nason's salary to Toronto, uh, the net cost uh, is pretty negligible. Uh, and so the fact that they're getting any value in return uh, for Nason, a player who they've kind of shown little interest in playing, it's a smart move. It's a small move, but smart nonetheless. Uh, and so this move does come uh, with some risk as uh, Toronto is offering up a first round pick for a player who you know, may be in their bottom six uh, most of the time. Uh, and at the same time, Foligno is a highly regarded veteran player, uh, you know, plays a, a gritty game that, uh, should, uh, play in the playoffs, um, and he should respond to the opportunity to play for a contender. Uh, but first round pick plus a fourth round, uh, pick is a significant price to pay, uh, and probably significant enough that the Blue Jackets had to do it. Uh, and so San Jose doesn't get a lot out of the deal, but they get a little bit and that, that made it worthwhile. Now, Toronto wasn't done dealing. Uh, they also picked up a goaltender, uh, David Riddick. Uh, Big Save Dave is a 28-year-old who has a, a 908 save percentage in 130 career games, which is a little below average, but that's all right as a backup goaltender. Uh, considering the, the health uh, issues that, that sort of linger over Jack Campbell and Frederick Anderson, the, the Maple Leafs desperately needed insurance at the position. Uh, and Riddick should be able to handle a limited role. Uh, if he needs to carry them to the Stanley Cup, that, that might be a little dicey, uh, but If he needs to make a few starts here and there, that should be fine. Uh, And, you know, Campbell, uh, for as great as he has played when he's been in the lineup this year, basically every game, there is sort of the concern whether or not he's okay to play the next one. Uh, And Anderson, who's on uh, LTIR already, uh, it's possible that he's not going to be back uh, during the regular season. And so... Somewhere along the way, the Maple Leafs need to cobble together a a reliable uh, group of goaltenders and and guys that they can actually trust to play. Uh, And so adding Riddick to that mix uh, does at least address the issue. Uh, Now the Flames, they get a third-round pick in 2022, uh, which is a rather nice price for for Riddick, a pending UFA. Uh, You know, goaltenders tend not to cost a whole lot on the trade market, and so... um, Louis Domingue is, is likely to step into the backup role now behind Jacob Markstrom for the rest of the season, um, and that, that pick has probably about a one in four chance of becoming an NHL player. Now, the Leafs uh, are paying a pretty significant price, as I said, uh, but it kind of speaks to their desperation. You know, they can't afford to have their playoff run undone uh, because they can't keep their goaltenders healthy, and uh, you know they, they absolutely have to have uh, depth, and, and we're willing to pay that uh, with a draft pick. Uh, if the plan, if the flames would uh, retain half of uh, Riddick's salary and and they did and so you know his 2.75 million dollar cap hit is cut in half makes it makes it more uh, palatable for the Maple Leafs uh, to get that done and so you know the Maple Leafs have have they've added uh, Felino and Nazan and Riddick and, and is that uh, is that going to kind of put them over the top? Those are certainly the uh, the the moves that they're focused on uh, as they head into trade deadline day. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football and college basketball are over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing and Major League Baseball is here. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Be a waiver Wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. I'm going to give you tips, insights, and analysis for season-long, dynasty, and DFS. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So let's continue with weekend trades. And we've got the Boston Bruins addressing a glaring hole in their blue line, acquiring Mike Riley from the Ottawa Senators. Riley's a 27-year-old defenseman whose career had been relatively uneven in previous stops with Minnesota and Montreal after he was kind of hyped coming out of college and and wouldn't sign with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. But Riley's been much better uh, with the Senators. Uh, Driving play. He's picked up 31 points in 70 games uh, since he was acquired last season. Uh, And in, Bo- in Boston, he's needed to play and potentially play a lot uh, for a Bruins team that's been decimated on the blue line. Right now, Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick, and Brandon Carlo all out of the lineup for the Bruins. Uh, and that kind of leaves them with a cast of unproven young options uh, to handle their defense. Uh, you know, Riley should be able to step into that group, give them some stability. Uh, and that seems like quite a development. Like three years ago, if someone said that the Bruins were adding Mike Riley to stabilize their blue line, uh, it was probably impossible to believe. Uh, now. He'll be an unrestricted free agent in the summer, and if he can continue to play well down the stretch and into the playoffs, that won't hurt uh, Riley's bargaining power on the open market. I think uh, his performance this season for Ottawa, while it can kind of get overlooked because the Sens aren't going anywhere fast, uh, that, that should uh, set Riley up as, as a, you know not, not a, a star on the free agent market, but certainly in demand as a potential top four defenseman. Uh, The Senators, they get, for their trouble here, they get a third-round pick in 2022. Uh, And certainly the Sens should have traded Riley, and uh, it does feel like getting a third-round pick for next year is maybe kicking the can down the road a little bit. Um, But I also wonder whether that's a conscious decision, that the Sens maybe look at the 2021 draft and consider there's greater uncertainty, you know, because of all the challenges for junior hockey prospects, especially in Canada, you know, maybe it makes sense to to target the 2022 draft. Uh, And... You know, so th- this could go either way, whether it's uh, lots of teams will kind of push the draft pick uh, compensation further down the road if they can. You know, in, in the case of Boston, if you, if you can move that uh, compensation a little further down the road, then uh, in, you know, it, it, you're not en- ending up paying, paying the bill right away. Uh, and in the case of the Sens, you know, if it is uh, some concern about the 2021 draft and the uncertainty that uh, surrounds it, you know getting one in 2022 uh, maybe that makes a little more sense for them but uh, in any case third round pick is probably about a 1 in 4 chance uh, of being an NHL player now riley uh, as i said addresses an immediate need for boston so this counts as a win uh, for the bruins Be- and the price that they paid uh, was not unreasonable uh, and you know the fact that riley has been you know so much better in ottawa than really anyone would have expected Uh, Before he he landed there last season, Um, he's kind of rehabilitated his career. Uh, And now, as a result, we will get to play some meaningful hockey uh, for the Bruins. Uh, Now, the the Senators also uh, dealt defenseman Braden Coburn uh, to the New York Islanders. And Coburn's a 36-year-old who's played 980 career games in the regular season. Uh, As you might expect, though, as a 36-year-old, he's been in decline for a bit. Uh, At the same time, he's a veteran who can offer blue-line depth he has championship experience uh, from last season with Tampa Bay. So, the Sens, what do they get? A seventh round pick. Well, so this move is probably more about doing right by Braden Coburn than anything else. Uh, give him another shot to be part of a contender. You know, the seventh round pick is about a one in 10 chance of becoming an NHL player. Now, if Coburn is filling the seventh defenseman role for the Islanders, that's fine. And, and that's probably where, he, where he's set to be. Uh, if he's playing more than that, uh, that would be less than ideal. Uh, for the Sens, uh, having just moved Riley and Coburn, you know now there's more minutes to give their prospects on the blue line for the rest of the season. That's Eric Branstrom and maybe Jacob Bernard Docker, who they uh, recently signed after his season ended at the uh, University of North Dakota. If they could get some significant ice time over the rest of the season, that would uh, that would go a long way towards uh, kind of determining whether there uh, should be regular parts of the two thousand twenty one two thousand twenty two lineup. Now the Boston Bruins uh, get I guess one of the prizes of of the trade deadline uh, at a bargain price, Taylor Hall, uh, along with forward Curtis Lazar from the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, And the Sabres get left winger Anders Bjork and a second round pick. Now Hall, 29 years old, is a star play-driving winger, carries the puck through neutral ice uh, and pressures effectively on the forecheck, uh, but he's had massive problems putting the puck in the net. He has just two goals in 37 games this season. However, He still pushes play in the right direction, uh, and he can't possibly continue scoring on 2.3% of his shots uh, as he has this season. Uh, Even for Hall, a player who is rather notably not an elite finisher, he has scored on 10% of his shots throughout his career. So 2.3% is just not a a normal thing. Uh, And so, if nothing else, the Bruins should expect some statistical regression in their favor after making the deal. You know, Hall's defensive play has also declined the past couple of seasons uh, while playing for bad teams. Uh, and certainly if you're Boston and you're a contender and you want Taylor Hall to be a prominent uh, part of your, your team, uh, you want your 2017 Hart Trophy winner to provide a, a more complete package. And I, I would say that's that's still a possibility uh, if, if with Hall moving to a, a contender. Uh, now, Hall's going to be an unrestricted free agent in the summer, and he desperately needs a strong finish to with Boston. You know, given how poorly this season has gone in Buffalo, to to reestablish uh, some value in the marketplace. You know, the Bruins have seemingly forever been looking for wingers who can complement David Krejci on the second line. That figures to be where Hall is going to fit uh, in Boston. Now, Lazar is a 25-year-old fourth liner who doesn't score much. Uh, he has 19 points, uh, including 10 goals and 71 games with the Sabers going back to last season. Uh, but he's been a reliable checking forward for Buffalo. Uh, right now, he's week-to-week he's week with a lower body injury. Uh, but when healthy, uh, you could you could see Lazar competing with Chris Wagner and Trent Frederick uh, for playing time on Boston's fourth line. Lazar is signed through next season, has an $800,000 cap hit, uh, relatively easy to move. Now the Sabres, they're getting Anders Bjork, who's a 24-year-old, reliable checking winger, but his on- offensive contributions are, are limited. Uh, he has 39 points, including 16 goals in 138 games for the Bruins over the past four seasons. Even if Bjork is an asset defensively, that limited production kind of puts a ceiling on on the impact that he can have on the game. Uh, Has a cap hit of $1.6 million for the next two seasons. And if Bjork can skate in a regular third-line role for the Sabres, that's fine value. Uh, If his offensive contributions are so limited that he's in a fourth-line value and a penalty-killing role, well, then that's not great value. Uh, Now, picking the second half of the second round, which is... uh, where the Boston pick is going to be, uh, would be a one in three chance uh, of yielding an NHL player. It's something, uh, but it's not a first-round pick, and that probably should have been the starting point uh, for a Hall trade. I mean, if Nick Felino and David Savard were commanding first-round picks, so too should Taylor Hall. Now, this is an under, entirely underwhelming uh, return for Hall, and some of that's his own fault, because he has just two goals in 37 games, and there will be teams that can't get past that. But for a play-driving winger who's been going through a terrible run of percentages... He's a pretty good bet uh, for the Bruins, and at this price, it was a no-brainer. If Hall does bounce back, has a big, you know, playoff run, and plays well down the stretch, other teams are going to look at this price and ask, "Why didn't we do that?" And you know, that's uh, full credit to Boston, who um, you know realized that <laughs> they're having some trouble, and and uh, certainly in generating offense. And so, you you wouldn't necessarily think that uh, the way to uh, generate more offense is to pick up a guy who has two goals, uh, but If it's a guy who drives play and consistently creates chances uh, and is probably due for some uh, better percentages around the net, uh, Taylor Hall uh, should help address Boston's scoring woes. Now, one more trade. We've got the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, acquiring Jeff Carter. Uh, from the Los Angeles Kings. And Carter's 36 years old, so naturally his production has been in decline. Uh, he has 19 points, including 8 goals in 40 games this season. But he's also scoring on just 6.8% of his shots. That's his lowest shooting percentage since 2006-2007, which was his second year in the league. And the thing is, Carter still generates a lot of shots. 2.93 per game this season. And he can still skate I saw him chase down Minnesota's star rookie, Kirill Kaprizov, on a breakaway last month. Like, Kaprizov had at least a couple of strides on Carter at the outset, uh, at the Minnesota blue line. Uh, And Carter just kind of reeled him in with his long stride. And so if he can still skate like that, Carter could fit in the Penguins' top six, where he will likely get better chances than he was getting uh, in Los Angeles in recent seasons. And the Kings are retaining half of Carter's salary, which means the Penguins are on the hook for a cap hit of a little over $2.6 million through next season. And, you know, it, it's not unreasonable to think that he could provide some secondary offense uh, and be a useful addition uh, for Pittsburgh. Now, from the Kings' perspective, they're getting a conditional third-round pick in 2022, a conditional fourth in 2023. The real value uh, for the Kings is getting anything for Carter so they could get his contract off the books. They have a bunch of young forward prospects that need opportunities to play this season and next, so it was not ideal to have a 36-year-old forward blocking a path in the top six. Uh, So I like the Kings side uh, of this deal, willing to eat half of Carter's remaining contract in order to get the deal done, but it's also a deal that opens up at least one prominent spot on their roster for a prospect uh, that can get real significant minutes down the stretch uh, and certainly for next season. Now, And that's not like it's a bad deal for the Penguins. Carter can still play, uh, and I guess I'm just more intrigued by what the Kings could do now, uh, having moved on from Carter, than I am about the Penguins finding another uh, potential scoring option on the wing. So that will do it for today. We will uh, come back uh, later tonight with uh, a new podcast that uh, addresses all the deadline uh, day deals uh, and get kind of come up with winners and losers and uh, who's going to benefit and you know, you know which players that weren't even involved in trades are still going to come out. Uh, in a better situation uh, after the deadline. Uh, And so uh, enjoy the games tonight. Check out uh, my work on The Athletic and at McKean's Hockey, as well as scottcullenhockey.substack.com. I'll have all these trade write-ups there as well. Uh, You can also check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball, which is uh, now rolling with the regular season here. Uh, Find these podcasts, subscribe, drop in a five-star rating on iTunes, please, uh, or Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey app, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked on Fantasy Hockey your daily source for fantasy news and analysis.